Welcome to the post Narc Life Podcast. It's time to leave behind the narcissist narrative and build an amazing life that you love. You got through, but you're not done. We're going to build your next level of wealth, create healthy relationships, find deep self-connection to expand your unique impact on this world, and leave behind a legacy of love. I'm your host, Laura, by the way. I've been there. I get it. And I've got you. Let's go build your post-narc life. Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome back to another episode. We are just cruising. It is December 2022 here in Houston, Texas. Happy holidays. How are your holidays going? I am so excited to bring you this episode today. Today we're going to be going a little bit deep today. We're going to be going a little bit philosophical, going to high level thinking today. (laughs) At least that's what I think. And uh, so I want you to stay with me, but the purpose of this episode is to help us kind of integrate what our understanding is of thought, of perception, of delusion in the context of having survived a narcissist and with the goal of creating new things that we actually want in our lives. All right. So when I was getting my psychology degree, I, when you get a psychology degree, you actually study both psychology, right? The study of the mind, the history of the psychological developments that they've had, you know, different um, important people like uh, Freud and Jung and um, uh, Piaget and lots of other people that I'm sure I could remember later. But <laughs> I got my degree a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, but in addition to learning all about the history of psychology and what it is to study psychology, you actually learn a lot about philosophy. I had a, a lot of philosophy classes in my psychology degree because it's so important to understand the philosophical implications and the philosophical assumptions. Those are, it's the bedrock of what psychology is based on, what mental health research outcomes, all that we're doing in the world of improving emotions and thoughts and, um, and how we live our lives, right? It's the, the bedrock is a philosophical foundation and philosophy is one of those really interesting things. If you've ever had to study or take a philosophy class, it just takes you through the gamut of, well, this person believed this about what it means to exist. And this person believed this about what it means to exist. And it just like goes through lots of different people and lots of different theorems and ideas. And ultimately what's really fascinating about all of this is that we can all agree on a philosophical foundation, but it's all still a decision. And so Today, let's dive into, let's dive into this. (laughs) So narcissists, as we know, are emotional children who will use harmful tools to get their emotional needs met. And sometimes they will use other tools that aren't necessarily harmful, but these tools tend to be really extreme And they kind of separate out narcissists from the rest of the population. So the tools, for example, of delusion. Delusions of grandeur are one of the major indications that you're dealing with a narcissist. So this person really seems to believe in themselves 
on such a deep level or on such a high level that they really think that they are above everyone else. Like they really think that they're the next, you know, major leader in the world. And what's really fascinating about that is that narcissists tend to be higher up in the world because of that delusion. They tend to actually do things like run for president, run for office, uh, become dictators, um, become multimillionaires, multibillionaires, which isn't to say, okay, that I think that all multibillionaires and all politicians are all narcissists. I don't think that. But you really have to have (laughs) such a tolerance for failure. You have to be the kind of person who's really willing to do things that others aren't willing to do in order to <laughs> to get to a place where you are becoming a, a major leader of people. Now, sometimes that looks like taking advantage of other people and, and making choices that harm other people, but sometimes it looks like just really going forward, not giving up regardless of whether or not you failed, right? So it's it's not like everyone who's ever succeeded on a grand scale, like that has always been a narcissist. That's not true because narcissism is, that is part of it. Yes. But ultimately underneath the narcissist is just tons and tons of pain and they use extreme means to manage that pain and and they use others and harm others to get their emotional needs met. And so you'll have narcissists who, you know, go for those things in life, those, those high, high level, you know, political things or, um, whatever you want to call it. But there are also narcissists who don't do that, who aren't, aren't interested or concerned about having the accolades of thousands and thousands of people or having, you know, billions of dollars. They get their needs met in other ways. So I just want to make that clear. So philosophically speaking, let's think about a little bit how, how we think, right? We talked a, a little bit about that in a previous episode about how our prefrontal cortex evolved over the millennia of evolution of the evolution of the human of the homo sapiens species and the prefrontal cortex is the ability of the brain to consider itself to be aware of itself that's what really separates us from the animal kingdom the animals of this earth aren't typically aware of themselves at least not in the way that humans are and humans can think about thinking. They can think about what they're thinking. They can have memories and make choices and decisions about how they interpret those memories. So thinking about oneself is a special, unique ability of us as humans. But also, we have an interesting tool through the prefrontal cortex of perception. Perception and interpretation is how our brain takes in all of the input that's around us. And that input needs to be categorized. It needs to be put in a, in, in a place so that we can understand it, so we can file it, so that we can know exactly what to do, so that we can survive the situation. We talked about that last episode. So let's talk a little bit more about perception. Perception is a lot, according to many philosophists, philosophists, philosophers, I think it's philosophers. <laughs> according to many philosophers, Perception is everything. They will tell you that nothing exists except that which we perceive. And our perception has a lot to do with how we were raised, what we want to think, how we want to feel, what kind of pain we're in, the goals that we have, if we're trying to survive or not. Really, our perception 
is not shaped by what's outside of us. Our perception is shaped by what's inside of us. But then what's outside of us also shapes what's inside of us. It's a weird sort of symbiotic, you know, co-relationship. And when you become aware of how you perceive things and how your perception changes because of things that have happened in your life and how other people's perception is different than yours, it can help you grow in that kind of awareness so that you aren't operating from multiple blind spots. And of course we're, we're going to operate from blind spots. That's just normal and natural. The, the, the fact of the matter is that we literally cannot observe ourselves fully. That's just not available to us. We have percep- perception skills and we have the ability to think about thinking and think about ourselves, but we can't actually perceive ourselves fully. We need a mirror. We need multiple mirrors, at least in, in like for even with our own bodies, right? We need multiple types of mirrors or we need like a 360 camera to actually perceive the fullness of ourselves. And so it's just really fascinating to kind of like live in a world in which our perceptions are limited and yet we have to make decisions uh, based on those perceptions <laughs> and we have to like create things from limited perception. Anyway, I find it all fascinating. And narcissists who are trying to get their emotional needs met will use a, a hyper version of perception called delusion. What they want to do is they literally want to delude themselves into a reality that doesn't exist so that they can get their own needs met. And this is really fascinating to watch because on the one hand, we all live in a pretty much shared reality while our perception can kind of differ from person to person. Generally speaking, most of us can agree on a lot of things, you know, like what colors are colors. You know, everyone can agree that green is green. Mostly if, you know, if you're not colorblind and things like that, we can all agree that this, with with this wavelength based on this thing that has a green wavelength, we can all agree that that equals green. This equals blue. This is the sky. This is the ground. This is a car. This is a house. And a narcissist will typically step out of the reality that we all kind of agree on and they will step into and create their own reality to create whatever results they want so that they can feel better. And I really think that we, (laughs) we can kind of judge them for that, but the reality is, is they're very happy, (laughs) right? And I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that we should, you know, emulate that, but it's, it, they, they really do live in their own world and they're very happy in it. And so we're the ones suffering over here because they do the things that make us suffer, right? They tell us all the insults. They take things away from us. They threaten us. They gaslight us. They do all of those things that narcissists do. But in their world, based on their own reality, they're just having a great time and they have no problems. They don't think that there's a problem. They're not having any empathy. They lack empathy. So they don't feel the pain of what we might be feeling in that moment, right? They're just focused on their own world. And so when you're surviving a narcissist, what happens is you get hyper aware of things, things like hyper awareness of your tone of voice, your facial expressions, hyper-awareness of other people's tone of voice and facial expressions, hyper-awareness of what you are going to do or think or feel so that you can predict how the narcissist is going to perceive all of that. You want to manage their perception so that they never have a big emotional response. They stop abusing you or they 
lessen the amount of abuse. It's a very much survival mechanism to develop this hyper-awareness. And what happens is you are trained to be in their brain. You're trained to be like, okay, they're thinking this, they're feeling this, they're wanting this. And so I can perceive that just by their tone of voice, just by the way they look at me. I can perceive exactly what's going on here. And all I have to do is adjust how I'm thinking, feeling, and doing to make sure that everything stays safe and calm. And, you know, that's, that's plays very well into that delusional reality that they've created for themselves, right? They believe that everyone around them is there to serve them. They believe that everyone around them is the source of any emotional pain that they might be feeling. They are happy to blame everyone else. And when you're in survival mode, you go along with that reality. You're like, yeah, it is my fault. So I'm going to change and be different and pretzel myself into whatever shape they need in order for them to get their needs met so that I can feel safe. Right. And, and it's just around and around we go. That's, that's kind of the dynamic that goes back and forth and back and forth. And then all of a sudden you're sucked into this reality that they have created and it feels very real. It feels like this is what reality is and there's nothing you can do about it and that you're the victim and they're the villain. And if you don't behave, things will go terrible. But if you do behave, things are still terrible and you don't have control, but you do have control. It's very confusing and there's just so much pain, never good enough. Goalposts are always moving. You're getting gaslit every, you know, (laughs) every turn. And it's this reality that keeps sort of feeding into itself and your perception then begins to shift and it begins to fall in line with this kind of reality so that you start blaming everyone else for your emotional problems, which is to say that you became the narcissist, but it's like you, you bought into it when you survived that situation. And so I have so many clients who come to me who are like, it's this person's fault that I feel this way. And I'm like, no, it's not. And they get so mad at me and they, they feel so like they feel blamed and they feel like I'm not having any compassion for them. They feel like, you know, they're taking on double the responsibility and it's just like, no, 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 no. What's happened is, is you've bought into this dynamic where you are caught in the cycle of blame and you are already blaming yourself for everyone's emotions. And so when you finally start to take full responsibility for your own thoughts and emotions, it feels like, it feels like a double, um, a double weight. It feels like you got you, you're taking it for everybody, including yourself. When in reality, it's a lot more fun, fun. That's not the right word, (laughs) but it's, it, it feels a lot more right. It feels a lot more familiar to be like, yeah, I see they cause my emotions and I cause their emotions. That's just how it works. Right. And when we try to get out of that, it, it feels kind of terrible because you're like, wait, so it's all my fault and nobody has to be responsible. And so that is the reality that I'm calling you out of. This reality is, was created by survival. It was created by the delusion of the narcissist. And it's time to, to get out of that reality and to change your tools of perception. And the way that we do that, so for example, I have a lot of clients who come to me and they want to find a really healthy partner. They've left their narcissist, they're out of that toxic relationship and they're ready to move on and you know, have an amazing, fulfilling lifelong partner who isn't a narcissist. That's a beautiful thing. And I would love to give that to everybody if I could. Right. And one of the tools that we use among many is going on a hundred dates and becoming the person that you want to have. And also designing the person in your mind 
that ideal you would want to be with. So those are the kind of the basic tools that we use. Obviously we use more, but we can't do any of that work unless we fix the perception filter, the brain filter that you developed when you survived your narcissist because surviving that narcissist required you to change certain things in your mind about how you perceive things. And so when you go out and you try to find a healthy person, your brain isn't attuned to finding healthy people. Your brain is attuned to finding unhealthy people because that's the filter that was created because we have to filter everything. We have to categorize. The brain cannot handle all of the input coming at it at once. So it has to filter things out that don't matter. And when you have survived a narcissist, the things that don't matter are healthy people and healthy things and things that are normal and calm and, and stable. What you're attuned to is the roller coaster. You're attuned to the drama. You want all of the things that made it make it feel like you can stay in control and stay safe. So you are highly attuned to the most dramatic things, the most painful things, the things that create the most uh, roller coaster, unstable drama for you. Right. And so in order to get out of that, you have to change your brain. You have to change the perception. It's just like, and I've, I think I've talked about this before. It's just like when you're driving down the road and you're in a Toyota Corolla and all you're used to seeing and looking for Toyota Corollas and then you get a new car. Let's say you get a Range Rover and then you're on the road and you're like, wait a second, I see a lot of Range Rovers. Have there always been Range Rovers or did everybody just get a Range Rover just like me? And it's like, yeah, they've always been on the road. You just haven't been attuned to looking for them. You haven't seen them. It's a, it's a fascinating phenomenon. There's a word for it. Somebody named it. And I, I just don't know what that word is, <laughs> but regardless, we have to change that. And that's the work that we do in the coaching process is to help you understand what you're perceiving. And we perceive through our thoughts and emotions. So thoughts really are sentences in our brains that create perception, that interpret the data. Thoughts and emotions are interpretations. When you see a thing, you see a stimulus outside of your brain, you have a thought about it to help your brain understand the stimulus, to categorize it properly. And everyone has completely different thoughts about the same stimulus. It just happens. That's just the way that humans are. We develop all kinds of different things for all kinds of different reasons. So for example, when you have a mother-in-law who says words to you, you interpret those words in a way that somebody else is going to interpret them totally differently. And then somebody else is going to be totally different about that. Now, sometimes we do perceive someone's words all in very similar ways. And that's what I want to challenge you with, because I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you've likely been in a lot of Facebook groups, or maybe you are in support groups, or maybe you've even read books or follow people on TikTok or Instagram who talk about narcissism and how to heal. And I have just, I, I've been in those spaces and I love them deeply. And I, I have a, a lot of compassion for everyone who's on this journey, but I can guarantee you that if you are in groups like that, where there are victim shaming and, you know, <laughs> a sense of villain shaming, villain blaming, you're in that place where, you know, you're blaming the narcissist and the narcissist is, is the problem. Those places are really good for validation where you, you feel validated and you have a community who's going through what you're going through at the same time. Unfortunately, it is a bit of a it's a, it's a place of stagnation in my opinion. Okay. And those, everyone in that group is going to have very similar perceptions and thoughts and ideas about the narcissist in their life and what they've been through. 
And those thoughts and perceptions are going to create a specific result. It's going to keep you stagnating in that place. You're going to stay in pain. You're going to not get in control of your life. You're not going to feel like you have authority over your thoughts and emotions. You're still going to be blaming the narcissist in your life. And so I, I want to invite you, if you're listening to this podcast, to lovingly and compassionately um, consider changing the spaces that you're in if you're in any of those those support groups only because if you're here you want to create different things you want to have a different life you want to create an amazing life that has all the results that you actually want and if we stay in those spaces you're going to stay in that kind of perception and we need to change your perception we need to change your brain filter so that you can start filtering for the things that you actually want so perception and delusion so narcissists obviously create their own worlds and they create their own reality and they do it in such a way to manage their emotions and they also could not care less about you know the effects on other people around them right we don't want to do that but what we can do is we can create the reality that we want from a healthy place and in such a way that doesn't hurt other people because really living when i say delusion I don't necessarily mean like pretending things that aren't real just to make yourself feel better because that's that's what the narcissist does. But we're going to kind of use a similar tool like that to create new results that don't exist yet. Okay, so instead of being delusional, what we're going to do is operate from future self. And this is a tool that's going to help you create the thing that does not exist for you yet, but that you really, really want while also staying in current reality, okay, and being appropriately perceptive of the people around you and who you want to be, how you want to show up as, and the effects that you have on the on, on, on things around you, right? And so what that looks like is we've talked about before that anxiety is just your brain going to worst case scenario and only going to worst case scenario. And this is an opportunity for you to keep your brain in a place, at least part of the time where the best case scenario is reality. So I want you to think about the thing that you want. What is the goal that you're trying to reach? What is the reality you're trying to create? Let's say that you want to move to your dream location. That's one of the things that I offer in my results-based coaching program. I help you decide and move to the dream location that you want to live. Okay. You have to actually operate from your future self. You have to put yourself in that place. You have to imagine what it's like living there in total and full detail. What this does is because your lower brain cannot perceive anything on its own. It relies on your higher brain, your prefrontal cortex to filter all of the incoming information. Okay. It cannot perceive reality on its own. It can only perceive reality through the images and the emotions that come through the prefrontal cortex. And so your prefrontal cortex, okay, <laughs> you're going to use to create a new reality for your lower brain to experience. And what this does is it helps your lower brain to create those things and change the filter that it has so that you start making decisions that take you to that new place that you want to go. Because it requires a lot of new decisions that you've never made before to move to a place you've never lived before. It requires you to do things you've never done before. It requires you to make decisions you've never made. It requires you to say no to things you've never said no to for, before and yes to things you've never said yes before. So that is very terrifying to 
a brain that has been thinking and feeling and deciding in certain ways for a long, long time. And because it's terrifying, right, it feels wrong and it feels like you shouldn't be doing it. And your brain perceives all of the fear and all of the hesitation as we should not be doing this. And so giving your brain the chance to be in the quote delusion, or as I would like to say, the intentional reality that you've created for it by literally imagining best case scenario, you are in the new house, you are in the new city or location or state or country. And this is what it feels like to live there. This is what you look like. This is how you talk. This is where you go grocery shopping. This is where you get your furniture. This is what your house feels like. This is what you do when you wake up in the morning. This is how it feels to eat dinner at this new place. All of that, you imagine it in full detail, knowing that it's not real yet you already know that, right? We're not going to delude ourselves in the way that the narcissist does, but we are going to create a future reality where we can go to anytime we feel doubt, anytime we feel scared, anytime we feel triggered. Going to that place in your mind helps reinforce to your low brain that number one, you're safe. And number two, oh, that's right. We're filtering out for the Range Rovers, not the Camrys. And you keep practicing that over and over again. And as you do that, situations will come up and your brain will start to recognize, oh wait, this is in line with the thing that I'm creating. So I'm going to go in this direction. And without that intentional perception change, you won't even be able to see the new opportunities for decisions that come to you. You'll be so focused on surviving to the next moment, fight or flight, trying to feel better, trying to make things safe and calm as opposed to intentionally creating safety and calmness for yourself by living in the new reality for a couple of minutes in your own mind. And that what that does, it frees up your ability to make the new decisions and say yes to the new things or say no to the new things to create the thing that you want. Clear as mud. (laughs) What do you think? This is this. So like I said, this is very high level or deep thinking, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's fascinating stuff. And we are here because we want to create a new reality. You know, maybe we want to lose the weight. Maybe we want to live in a brand new location. Maybe we want to find and marry, you know, an an amazing, healthy new partner. Maybe we want to have a healthy and happy divorce. (laughs) Maybe we want to raise amazing kids. Maybe we want to grow or create and grow an amazing business that creates a new level of wealth for you, you know, a a way to deliver value to the world that comes back to you as money, whatever type of reality you want to create, it, it does not exist yet, but if it exists in your mind first, that's how it becomes real. It has to exist in your mind first. And you have, you have to literally build it in your mind with details as much as you can. And, just like the narcissist uses delusion to make themselves feel better and create results that they ultimately want, even though it's like at the expense of other people and all about making them feel better in the moment, right? We're going to take, we're going to take that concept and use it in a healthy way, use it in a way that actually creates the results you want without harming other people, because you are aware and you are perceptive and you do have empathy and you do want to love others and, avoid all of the tools that the narcissist uses like judgment and superiority, um, and control and things like that. You don't need any of those tools to create the new reality. They just happen to think that they do because that's the only tools they were given. 
but you know better and you have different tools. So tools like creating the reality in detail, calming your brain down when it feels in high anxiety or when it feels like, so for example, today I, I had a moment, I think I was grocery shopping. I don't remember. I had a moment today where my brain just started freaking out about something. Like literally I could feel and I could hear my mind just spiraling in a a lot of negative thoughts. And I caught myself and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey brain. Hey self. How are we doing? Are we okay? How's it going? We're having a lot of big thoughts. We're spiraling right now. What's, what's going on? And I was able to kind of calm myself down in that moment and be like, Hey, I love you. I see you. You are really freaking out about this. I get it. It makes a lot of sense. I'm here for you. I love you. We're safe. We're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And I didn't even have to tell myself in that moment, the exact opposite thing that I was thinking to combat it. I just had to like love myself and be with myself and like breathe a little bit and just notice what was happening. And it really helped to create calmness and stability in the moment. And I didn't even have to change my thoughts, right? They were still technically there. I just kind of like was aware and didn't let them run amok. I just was present with myself and I gave myself a lot of love in that moment. Hey, I love you. Hey, how are you doing? How can I help you? What's going on? It feels terrifying, doesn't it? Just really showing compassion, really just feeling love for myself in that moment was so powerful for me. And I was able to move forward and my brain actually let go of the thoughts on their own, on its own. I just kind of stopped freaking out about it and I didn't have to like force myself to stop thinking those things. I just gave myself an extra dose of love and compassion and attention and awareness in that moment. And it actually allowed the thoughts to dissipate on their own. It was really fascinating. It all happened kind of lightning fast. It was all like within a 30 to 90 second window. I'm sitting there like putting groceries on the the conveyor belt thing. And they're like, you know, swiping them through and I'm pulling my card out. And all of this was happening in my mind. It was really, really fascinating. And that's kind of the fun results that I have as a result of doing this work, you know, over and over and over again and seeing myself and working with clients and journaling and being with myself and, uh, expressing myself. And, and I have, I also work with a therapist, by the way, I have coaches and I have a therapist because we, I have different goals with each one. And so regularly getting out my thoughts, regularly expressing myself to other people who are a safe space, in addition to coaching myself, learning the tools, mastering the tools has really created such a structure for myself to be able to handle when my mind kind of starts to spiral out and I can catch myself and I don't have to, you know, just go on the roller coaster because boy, is it a roller coaster. Now, sometimes that's not always the case. Sometimes depending on my level of executive function and how much sleep I've gotten and, you know, lots of other factors, that's not exactly what I do. Okay. I'm not perfect, but because I have built this skill and built this habit, it's happening a lot more and a lot more and a lot more. And I'm able to function and create new things and offer value to my people and, you know, get things out that need to get out and, and all the things. So that's, that was really cool. It just happened in real time, kind of a fun, uh, realization I had today. And so I want you to use the powers of your perception, the powers of your own, and I'm going to put quotes, delusion, (laughs) 
because it is delusional. Okay. Let's be honest. It's delusional to say, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. It's it's delusional to say in the middle of your divorce with a narcissistic person, I'm going to have a healthy, happy, beautiful partnership one day, right? It's delusional if you weigh 300 pounds to be like, I'm going to lose 150 pounds. You know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a totally different person. Absolutely. That is delusional because it's very difficult to do all of those things. It's a completely different reality than what you're in. And I, I do want to say just as a caveat, I don't care if what weight you are, you don't have to want to lose weight. So (laughs) I just want to make that clear. I think there is there can be health at any size and no one who is heavier or lighter is better than the other. So I just want to make that clear. But sometimes people want to lose weight for you know different reasons. But if you don't want to lose weight and you are very happy at whatever weight you are, please love yourself at any weight that you're at. Please don't use the goal of weight loss as a means to try to love yourself better. That's not how it is. That, that, that is very backwards. We're not going to change our bodies to earn love anymore. That's the narcissist way of doing things. We're going to love our bodies no matter where we're at. And if we want to lose the weight or change our bodies or build muscle, whatever it is we want to do, we're going to look at the reasons why, and we're going to look at how we're going to do that with a lot of love and compassion and acceptance without beating ourselves up, all of those things. So just want to make that clear. You don't have to want to lose weight to have an amazing life. You can have an amazing life right now at whatever weight or money situation or relationship situation that you're in. I want to make that very clear. Even if you're still married to a narcissist right now, you can still have an amazing post-narc life. Not because you leave that narcissist, but because you left the old habits that the narcissist gave you. And you can be with whomever you want. If your brain actually changes and does the work to heal, you will, trust me, that's, the work is the same. Either you leave the narcissist, you lose the weight, you change cities. It doesn't matter. The work happens whether or not the result shows up or whether or not you even want that particular result. You don't even have to want the result. You can keep the result that you have, but the work 100% is the same. Okay. So I want to reiterate what I talked about last time, the importance of thought work and thought hygiene. Okay. And really being intentional about creating a thought world, you know, the world of thoughts, because sometimes it's just one thought that can create a new reality. And sometimes it's an entire cluster or a world of thoughts. And you can imagine this world in your mind and the thoughts just become a way in which you describe that world, what that's like for you. And that's why we like to create the quote delusion or the, the, the future self version of you that doesn't exist yet, but is the best case scenario, ideal situation that you would want and teaching yourself to feel what it feels like to be in that new world, to create that new world in as much detail as possible. It's so important to do that for yourself Because when we create that world and you can see and you can feel it and you can inhabit it, you can embody it, even though it's not real in the present right now, what happens is your mind now perceives that world and creates thoughts 
that describe that world. And it's those thoughts that stay. It's those thoughts that you can choose to think over and over again, that you can put on your whiteboard, you can put on a sticky note on your mirror and reminding yourself over and over again to build that structure in your mind from that ideal place. And as that happens, you start to believe new thoughts. So let's talk a little bit about belief and then, and then we'll be done. (laughs) So a thought and a belief, those are slightly different things because a thought is a, a sentence that passes in your mind and where your true agency lies is in your ability to choose whether or not you believe that thought. Belief is like a permission. It's like a, okay, yeah, I agree with this. Yeah. I'm going to allow the agreement to come along with this. Now, sometimes it's an allowance. Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's a choice. Sometimes we choose to believe things no matter what anyone else believes or no matter what reality looks like, right? And sometimes that in the narcissist world, that can be very delusional. They choose to believe things that don't line up with reality in order to like force themselves to feel better. But we're not going in that route. What we're doing is we're creating thoughts that we want to believe that create results that we want to have. And belief is about saying, this is something that I believe to be true and belief creates the emotion and creates the action because you, you don't do things that you don't believe if that makes sense. So for example, if you believe, right, that your narcissist mom, for example, um, is, is it's, it's all her fault that you have, you know, things in your life that you don't want. It's, it's her fault that you, I don't know, weigh a certain amount, or it's her fault that you married your narcissist ex or whatever. That is a belief that while it might even be true, actually, that it's because of her influence and because of how she treated you, that you made choices that you made as an adult. If you believe that it's her fault, then what that does is it creates a, an emotion and action chain that creates more of the thing that you don't want. Cause when you blame your mom for your choice, you continually blame your mom for your choices. Your choices aren't ever going to change because your mom is never going to change. So your your choices are always going to be in line with what you think is your mom's fault. And you're never actually going to create a different result. And that of course feels terrible. Why would you want to keep these results that you don't want? Sometimes it's a lot easier to blame others. If we've been caught in the narcissist dynamic for so long, it's so much easier and so much more familiar for ourselves to blame the other person for the reason why we do certain things. And so to get out of that, we have to question that belief, that belief that it's my mom's fault that I did this thing. Even if it can technically be supported with actual evidence, your belief has to change in order to change your feelings and actions that go along with it. So instead, what we want to think and then eventually create the belief of is that, you know, mom took action, mom said in said and did certain things. And as a kid, I had, I didn't have better tools. So I just accepted them as my reality. And now that I'm adult, I know better and I will do something different. Now my mom doesn't cause any of my actions. My mom does not create my reality. I create my reality. 
I create my thoughts, I create my feelings, and I create my actions. And sometimes if you've been in that dynamic for so long, that feels really weird to say. It doesn't quite feel right. (laughs) But over time, your body will believe it. So the belief comes in, so the thought happens, but your belief hasn't bought into it yet. But over time, you keep telling yourself this new reality, I create my life. My mom does not do that for me anymore. I do that for me over and over and over again. Eventually your brain will come on board with the belief to back that up. Uh, For example, another thing that my clients uh, deal with uh, frequently is the belief that they are worthy belief that they are good enough, that they're lovable, that they are inherently worthy as a human being. This is something that is very uncomfortable to believe in the beginning because it's definitely not what you've been believing for very, very long. And so the thought is the intentional choice to think I am worthy. I am lovable. I am worth it. I am valuable simply as I am. Those are thoughts. And in the very beginning, you're not going to back that up with belief yet. So belief is slightly different. You're going to be like, no, that's not true. Oh my gosh. I feel so stupid saying that to myself in the mirror. I feel really weird. I don't understand this. But if you continually introduce your brain to this new reality of, I am worthy, I am amazing, I am 100% lovable, I am 100% perfect exactly the way that I am. Not in the sense that you're perfect, like you never make mistakes or that you're flawless, right? But perfect as in I'm exactly who I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm whole and lovable and worthy and good enough simply because I exist, right? You say that over and over again, and you imagine what your life would be like if that were true. How would it feel if you really were worthy all the time? How would it feel, let's say, for example, that you were never raised by narcissists and you were always taught to believe that you were 100% lovable just because you exist? What would that world have felt like? Really, truly imagine it. What would you be thinking about yourself? What would you be feeling? What decisions would you be making? What is what is that reality look like? And inhabit that reality for a minute. Really step into it as if it were real for you for a minute. How does that feel? And when you get that feeling in your body, it's like, oh, okay. What if that could be true now? What if I am lovable and worthy now? What would that feel like? And then you just practice that over and over again. You show up to the mirror over and over again. You show up to your journal or your pen and paper and you say, yes, I am worthy. I'm 100% good enough, worthy, lovable, just as I am, simply because I exist. I love this thought that I am worth all of the love in the universe. Like there is an amount of love that exists in in the expanse of the universe And that love, I am worthy of every ounce of it simply because I exist. Oh, I love that. I love that thought so much. It just like gives me chills all over and it feels so amazing, right? And what am I going to do? What am I going to start doing when I feel amazing like that? I'm going to go run and I'm going to love on my kids. I'm going to like do something productive for fun. I'm going to maybe rest. I'm going to give myself something that I've not been giving myself, right? Because I feel that gorgeous feeling in my body, really, truly believing and imagining that it is true, that I am worthy of all the love in the universe that ever existed. How fun is that? So that's what it looks like to create (laughs) 
the quote delusion, <laughs> but not really a delusion because we're not narcissists. So that's your work. Your challenge today is to create new beliefs intentionally about yourself so that you can feel amazing, feel grounded, feel love, feel compassion so that you can create the new things that you want in your life. You can literally create them in your mind as a real possibility, inhabit them on a regular basis and start making decisions and start taking actions from that place so that that reality becomes real. That's the coaching process. That's it in a nutshell. That's all it is. And we do that over and over and over again. All right. That's what I have for you. I hope you have an amazing day. We'll see you next week. Have an amazing Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. I want you to know that you are not alone, that you've got this. I want to offer you my help. I coach people just like you one-on-one to get results because I offer results-based coaching. This means that you hire me to create a specific result in your life. We work together until that result is done. No stress, no time restrictions, just results. Send me a message, Laura at bythewaycoaching.com or go to laurabythewaycom slash contact to fill out your application. Talk to you soon. Bye.